Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, Demon Cotton. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, and I'll tell you right now, and I just said this off air to Demon, we're not even going to get to everything that we have scheduled for the show today. That's how awesome it is coming off of a game. Coming off a game, you have multiple player interviews from the locker room. You've got sound from Josh McDaniels. Hell, we haven't even played sound from him earlier today. If we did, it was like one clip, right? I mean, we've got plenty of sound from him. We've got guests on the show. We've obviously got Raider Nation calling in and texting in. We are definitely not going to get to everything, which is a great problem to have. I'd rather have too much than not enough. And believe me, I've heard shows that don't have enough. Not, not on these airways, but I'm just saying. I've, I've heard it. Been there, done that. Just not going to happen here. So uh, excited about the opportunity that we have, Raider Nation. I think this is going to be a fun season and uh, really a lot of fun covering this team and bringing you everything that we could bring you each and every day. Got a tweet from Rossi that said, I think that general manager Dave Ziegler is waiting for the cuts for the O-line because there will be upgrades out there once the team starts stripping away. Thank you, Rossi, for that tweet. And I'll say I've heard that a few times, I, I, and, and I understand the theory behind that. But how many starting offensive linemen do you think are going to be released? Because every team needs them. You know what I mean? Like, every team needs offensive linemen. So, I don't know. And, again, there's going to be a lot of guys out on the open market, and maybe one guy's trash is another guy's treasure. I get that. You know, I totally do. So, I, in that sense, yeah, Rossi could be absolutely right. I just think that when you're looking at solidifying an offensive line for a team like this that knows – that they have an opportunity to be special. Hell, everybody's talking. Remember there was a point in this offseason when we're like, nobody's talking about the Raiders. Why isn't anybody talking? Everybody's talking about the team now. Everybody. I don't care who it is. Everyone is talking about the Raiders. And I don't care if they're, you know, Johnny come lately. I don't care. They are talking about the team right now. The expectations are sky high. There's 50,000 people in Allegiant Stadium for a preseason game for a reason. Right? I mean, that's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. The, the, the expectations are sky. I got people from Texas that are hitting me up on the daily. Raiders sure do look good. Man, you got out there at a good opportunity, good time. Like people I used to work with. Man, how is it, how is it to cover a winner? And guess who they cover? They cover the damn Cowboys. And they're looking at me like, man, I sure wish I was out there with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just the way that the times have changed. Hell, I was on, I was on the radio this morning in Sioux Falls, right? South Dakota. They cover the Minnesota Vikings, and they were like, hey, I want to have Q on to talk Raiders. <laughs> right? I mean, think about that. It's wild. This, this team is being talked about in a major way. But to go ahead and live up to the expectations that they have in front of them, they've got to be able to solidify that offensive line. Now, uh, as I mentioned, Josh McDaniels talked to the media. He talked to us after the game last night and also met with us by way of Zoom earlier today. Here's Josh McDaniels talking about experimenting with the offensive line. 
it's not like we haven't discussed why we're doing it. Um, you know, like I said, there's there's different reasons for what we did. Um, and we have more time still. You know, we don't play another game for – or we don't play a, a regular season game for a while. So um, I think we, we allow these opportunities, um, you know, to be determined by what we see and how they perform in practice. And so, um, you know, each – there's some guys that maybe didn't start tonight for one reason or another that will be starting on opening day, you know, at some point. You know, but the competition is real. Uh, it's ongoing, and uh, I think it's the healthiest thing we have going for us in the locker room because it makes everyone better. And when they, you know, when they know they come to work and there's something to be said about each day's work that they put in, uh, that makes it more important. And so they come in with a great attitude and a great approach, and I think it's made our team better. There's head coach Joshua Daniels talking about the the experimenting with the offensive line, mixing and matching, putting other guys out there. Thayer Mumford, seventh-round pick out of Ohio State, gets the start at right tackle. Jermaine Illuminor gets the start at left tackle. Second half, you saw Alex Leatherwood get the start at right tackle. You saw Jackson Barton get the start at left tackle. I mean, they're putting guys out there that are earning these reps, and that all goes back to practice. And, you know, that makes guys not take any practices off. And I don't mean off by because of injury or anything. I mean – well, I could just kind of breeze through these reps today. I'm not really feeling it today. I'm going to breeze through it. No, because there's means some hungry cat right behind them could take their spot. You know, and, and I'm not saying that just because you work really hard means you're going to end up winning the job, but I'm not saying that you won't either. <laughs> right? If you, you work your tail off in practice and you all of a sudden get an opportunity when the lights are on during the game action and you step up and look really good, then a Thayer Mufford could end up starting over someone else because maybe they didn't earn that. In practice, also, when it comes to what they're doing is they're trying to see what fits. And this is the time to do it in the preseason. They need to know by the time they're ready to play the Chargers on September 11th at SoFi Stadium who their guys are. I would ideally hope that they know after this game coming up on Saturday against Miami. I just, I mean, that's, that's what you want. Like Raider Max said earlier in his call, you want to make sure that the offensive line is solidified because that is one area that it's not just about the individual, it's about the whole unit. So you're hoping sooner rather than later they have it figured out, but they might not. You know, and to Rossi's point, he tweeted in saying that they're waiting for, for cutdowns. That might end up being an avenue that they go down. Uh, ideally, that's not what they have to do, but – you never know. Speaking of Thayer Munford, John Simpson, we had an opportunity to talk to John Simpson in the locker room following the game last night. Deshaun Reed, myself, and a couple others were talking to uh, John Simpson, and uh, he started out talking about Thayer Munford getting the start and, and basically just what he needs to do. I think that's the biggest thing uh, for him is just like knowing that it's just it's just another game. You know, everybody, you know, everybody here for the same reason. We're playing football. We're trying to, you know, be better and get better. So I think he's, he's definitely uh, – doing the right thing he's, he's working hella hard uh, and I always tell him I'm like look bro like it's just I, always it's just football so today was probably the most we've seen him play so far throughout our training camp how do you think I know you, obviously you, you only see so much playing yeah. next to him but how do you think he performed um, I mean I think he did really well uh, he, he's, he's like I said he's a young guy uh, he just got in there he's still trying to get some butterflies out and stuff like that and then it's, uh, again too it's like it's still preseason so there's some things that 
him and other people too like struggle with. So we just watch film and get better at, at, at those things. Now you guys have a few moving parts on the offensive line. Obviously, you have a new coach, um, so it's a little bit of a transition. But it's a lot of the same guys from last. Year. How do you feel like you all are kind of progressing? Um, I think we doing. I think we're getting better, man. We're getting better each and every day. Nothing's perfect, um, and we're gonna try our hardest to get to that point and, uh, and be perfect. But like I said, nothing. Nothing's perfect. So um, we're gonna take it one play at a time and just keep going. Put the last play behind us at every rep. How difficult is it to gel as a unit when there's so many moving parts trying to figure out who fits where? Um, I, I think I think uh, it ain't that bad at all, honestly. But, and I say that because we're such a close knit group. Um, it don't matter who it is. It can be it can be Bam. Bam is like you know Bam is Bam. Uh, but he he's a like we all like close close knit and we're, we're all we all work together all the time. So it's like not super hard. But there are things that are different when we when we play next to different certain people. So how, how you felt this come along? You guys learning this new coaching staff? This, you know, on the off, obviously on the offensive line, but just as a whole. Yeah, um, I, I think I think we're doing pretty good. We're progressing well. Um, it was our second preseason, preseason game and. I think, as far as that goes, I think we're doing way better than I ex- ex- uh, expected. So to see the offensive line be able to get that push on that last drive, just assault the way of the game. Is, yeah. I mean, how, how satisfying as offensive lineman is that? Just to even see it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's amazing, man. Like we got hungry guys, people hungry as hell to make the next play and do the do the right thing and stuff like that. And I feel like that'll go a long way. Like these guys are like we, we work so hard. And, and stuff like that. So when I see things like that, it just it gives me lit. I get, I get lit as hell. <laughs> uh, Luminor is a guy that does a lot for you guys, moves around over the line. What have you seen out of him that you like what, kind of what he brings to your room? Uh, Jermaine, he's he's a hard worker. Uh, he, he definitely, like, you know, he, he puts puts his head down and just go to work. Whatever they ask him to do, he'll do it. Um, he's not one of those guys that feels entitled or anything like that. And I, feel, I could say that about anybody else in the O-line room. They just, whatever coach say, like, you need to do, we're going to do it. We're going to try to get it done to the best of our ability. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I really appreciate him. He's, he's been working hard. Uh, we played against, played next to each other today, and he's been doing, he did pretty well. So There he goes, John Simpson right there, uh, left guard currently right now for the Raiders. Uh, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, but you heard his uh, conversation right there. I thought it was a good one in uh, talking about when he sees that push at the end. And that's something that I get impressed by as well. We all know that every team in the league, when they have a lead in the ball late in the game, they want to be able to run, 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 run the ball uh, and, and run the clock out. And that's what the Raiders were able to do on Sunday with Britton Brown picking up a couple key first downs. And I, I want to credit Britton Brown for one of the first downs he picked up because he was looked like he was going to be tackled a, a yard or two short, and he dove. And he dove to pick up that first down. I remember looking over at Mark McMillan, who was sitting right next to me in the press box, and I said, that extra effort right there, that goes a long way. And he said, it sure does. That's something that coaches notice uh, on film is that extra effort. He knew what the, what the situation was. Pick up a first down, you get another four downs, you can salt the game away. You can try to help salt the game away, and that's exactly what he did. But uh, John Simpson, he said he gets lit. He gets lit when he, uh, when he sees that. And uh, that's real, man. When, when everybody in the stadium knows what, what's coming and the other team can't stop it, that's that's just one of those like oh yeah that's 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 winning time right there that's what you call winning football Demon. Uh, my favorite quote from that was when he said bam is bam where it's just <laughs> i'm like what do you mean by that would have been a follow-up but i do get the point of it no it doesn't matter who starts on this offensive line and it's credit to coach mcdaniels and Brasillo where they feel where because people always say hey the offensive line they've got to have that solidarity they got to play together but these players they feel from this coaching staff that it doesn't matter who starts on this offensive line yeah. we have that camaraderie that we feel comfortable with whoever we're out there with yeah no you're right you know and again like i said i i think it would be ideal if they could figure out who the starting five is going to be by the end of this next game but to your point 
they're pretty comfortable with, with what they're doing, and they're pretty comfortable with uh, knowing that Coach Brasilio got it undercover, or under under control. So I think that that is a good point that you bring up, Damon. Uh, got a couple text messages I wanted to get to on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, don't knock Rossi's point. That's how we got Donald Penn. He was cut by the Bucks, or we traded for him. Either way, he was available. Uh, that's the text from the 408. Uh, thank you for the text, first of all. Second of all, I definitely wasn't knocking him. I was saying I was just pointing out the fact that it's not going to be that easy to get a, see a guy that's released all of a sudden become a starting uh, offensive lineman. And the Donald Penn point, Donald Penn was released in March by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was before the offseason began, and that's when the Raiders signed him to a two-year deal originally. So, yeah, he was released, but it was in March. It wasn't at cut-down time. But I understand your point, and, and I understand Rossi's point. I think Ross, I don't think there was any kind of mis- miscommunication. I think Rossi understood what I was trying to say. It was just it's, – it's, it's not a knock. It's just a response. <laughs> so uh, I, I do appreciate the feedback, though. Again, uh, text from the 408. Got a text from the 669. Geese Mode said, shout out to Demond the Boss for including clips of the new voice, Jason Horowitz. I watched the game on TV, so I missed the call, but it sounds like I need to just listen in regardless because of the energy Horowitz brings to the table. And you know what? I didn't get to hear a lot of the game because I'm at the game, so I, I don't get to hear a lot of it. I need to do like Paul Gutierrez does, but I, I end up talking too much in the, pro, in the press box, so I probably won't uh, I probably won't be that guy. But Paul actually listens to the radio broadcast while he's sitting in the press box, and it helps him get a perspective of, okay, Lincoln's breaking it down. Jason's doing the play-by-play, but he's, but he's watching at the same time. I think that's really smart, and that's why Paul's as good as he is and has done what he's done for a very long time for ESPN or any other outlet. Uh, he's just really good at that. And I try to pick up tips from these guys because, look, we can all get better at our job and our coverage and what we do. Uh, but I, I think that that's a great way for Paul to – or for anyone to cover the game is, you know, to listen to the play-by-play. But my, my problem is I lean over to Mark and I'll say I'll say something like, oh, man, this play here. You know, I'll say something about the play. Or I'll lean over the other way to Amber and say, oh, well, this and that. So I end up talking a lot. Shocking, right? <laughs> that I end up talking a lot. Could hear him say, man, six the hard way. When Stidham had that touchdown, that is one of those calls. Yeah. Like, I like that. Quarterback rushes for the touchdown, six the hard way. Right. Like, Yo, that was one of those. Like, that's a gem right there. Yeah, no, it is. In the, in, the, in the book there. I'm, I'm excited about the, the direction that the Raiders are going with Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy. I think that's going to be a really good uh, combo in the booth. Uh, and even when I get to – you know, sometimes like I walk to the bathroom or something and the, the radio call will be on in the bathroom and just listening to it. I know that there was I can't remember what play it was, but I uh, I actually stopped and paused because the play sounded so good. I didn't want to walk out of the bathroom. So I was listening to it. And then I walked out of the bathroom and I, it was it was a Minnesota had the ball. I know that. But it was just it sounded like a really good defensive play by the Raiders. And so I made sure that I stayed in there and listened to it. So that was uh, I think Jason's doing a fantastic job. Definitely appreciate him. Uh, and the work he's doing as the voice of the silver and black. Uh, got a text from Glenn in San Jose. What up, Q and DeMond? Dave Ziegler has a problem that most GMs wish they had. For me, the wide receiver core has been better than advertised, so that group for me will be the hard one to decide on. Uh, that's Glenn in San Jose, and you bring up a good point. Wide receiver room is deep, and I don't think, I don't think anybody has uh, separated themselves yet. You know, you got obviously Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. That's one, two, no doubt about it. Matt Collins, he's a guy I think that makes the roster uh, based off special teams alone. He had a nice little catch on uh, on Sunday as well, a nice little catch and run. Uh, but T. Billy, he has an opportunity. Think he did some some good things on uh, on Sunday. Uh, he was in in position to make another big play. There was a ball thrown to the end zone. It looked like it probably could have been called for a pass interference. That's one of those fifty fifty calls. If they call pass interference, you take it. If they don't, then you say okay. 
no problem, and you just uh, live lived to see another day. Um, I, I think that, you know, pass interference is always one of those tough plays to call. Uh, but then there's guys like Demarcus Robinson. You know, he's there. Uh, you, you got Keelan Cole. He's a veteran that knows how to get it done. I mean, there's there is some tough questions. Uh, DJ Butler, you know, let's not forget about him. Uh, he, he looked good. I, I promise you on his crossing pattern that he got a touchdown on, I thought he was picking up, okay, he's going to get the first down. Okay, he's going to get a couple more yards. Okay, he just scored a touchdown. I mean, it was, it was just he kept separating. And I know that the defender took a bad angle and tried to strip the ball, but a lot of defenders do that. They'll take bad angles or try to go, go for the, uh, the ball instead of go for the short tackle. And D.J. Turner has the speed to make it happen. And then being able to return the ball in the punt game, I think that's, that's massive. That's a massive uh, you know, help for him making the roster because, like many people, I'm, I'm like many people where I think that Hunter Renfro probably shouldn't be a guy back there uh, returning punts all the time just because you know how valuable he is to the offense doesn't mean he's going to not do it at all. But I do think that they're going to limit him a little bit. So, uh, yeah, good, good call right there, uh, Glenn, talking about the wide receiver room. That's going to be uh, a very interesting little uh, camp battle to see how it, it ends up shaking out and once the 53-man roster uh, gets announced. Let's go out to the Rare Nation listening line real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend Mitch in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how's it going? Blessed. How's it going, you? Q? Good, good, good. Oh, good. I'm trying to power watch. I'm going to do it in increments. How's it going, buddy? Yeah. This is my son-in-law, future son-in-law here. You know. Nice. He's uh, 35 days. He gained a pound. He's up to nine, nine and a third. Nine pounds and, and a third. He's going to be a big boy. Um, what do you think about Britton Brown? And we'll be able to hide uh, Gaber's uh, his last name. You know, oh, Chase. Um, Chase Garbers. Chase. Chase Gaber. I know he. Yeah. Garbage, I know he has a brother in the NFL backup role too. You think he'll be able to uh, stay in practice squad, make the team? What do you think? And, and Q, thanks for uh, thanks. For, I'm finding the sunset here, so I better get going here. All right, sounds good, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, let's start with Britton Brown. Britton Brown looked good. He did. He, he led the uh, the team in in rushing on Sunday. And, again, I think that, honestly, I think that any of these running backs could lead the team in rushing on any given Sunday, right? I mean, Jacobs, obviously. Kenyon Drake, obviously, he's, you know, been there, done that. But guys like Zamir White, guys like, Ken, uh, guys like uh, Britton Brown, guys like Amir Abdullah might get it done in a different style. I don't see him as the guy that's going to be running between the tackles consistently, but you could see him having a lot of burn. Still haven't seen Brandon Bolden. You know, I mean, you, you never know what, how, how his game translates or what he's going to bring to the table, a guy that already knows the system. Austin Walter, I didn't think that he was even going to be a factor. He's making a name for himself as well. I mean, there's, there's a lot of options out there in that running back room. So, um, you know, if you put Brent Brown on the practice squad, there's a chance that someone takes him. I don't know. It, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see these last two games how that running back competition really shakes out. That's why I think that that's the toughest room to to make a call on. At least for me, it is the running back room, and it's it's not even close in my opinion. Uh, as far as Chase Garbers goes, I don't see why he can't be a practice squad quarterback. You know, the backup quarterback position we haven't talked about it much, but we'll we'll hear from Jarrett Stidham uh, in a little while before the show gets wrapped up today. I uh. I don't really know what to think of the backup quarterback position because a week ago I would have told you that Jarrett Stidham is the backup quarterback and there's no no questions. I think Nick Mullins did some good things on Sunday. I know that I was 
you know, going down the elevator to to uh, the media room and the in the locker room, and there's guys on the on the elevator. They're saying, "Hey, man, I think Nick Mullins looks better than Jared Stidham does." I and then my my counter to that was, "Who's cheaper and who knows the system?" So I, you know, I kind of felt like Jared Stidham has the leg up because you know the Raiders gave up something they traded for him. You know, but at the end of the day, man, you got to have a quality backup. You really do. I think that both guys look pretty decent. Uh, again, after the Hall of Fame game, it was Jared Stidham's job, no doubt about it. Uh, after Sunday's game, I think that the, the gap has been closed a little bit. Nick Mullins is making a case for himself. And, you know, Nick Mullins should make a case for himself. He started in the league. He has started. <laughs> He's been a starter in this league. He started against the Silver and Black and carved him up. Paul Gunther, you can thank Paul Gunther for that terrible defensive scheme he had against a guy who had never got a start before. Made him look like he was freaking Joe Montana. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But uh, good stuff. Thank you for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. Yeah, Chase Garbers, I can see, is a guy that possibly makes the practice squad. 421 is the time. When we come back, we'll hear from T. Billy. We got a conversation with him we had in the locker room. Jarrett Stidham, plus more. We got plenty on the way as we got about 35 to 40 minutes to close out the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Bow down. 425 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray, and I apologize. It looked like the text got a little cut off at first, but I found it. I found a way to decipher what it says. Uh, he says, Q&D, happy Monday. Coming off Raiders football yesterday. We're getting that much closer to the regular season. I wanted to mention here in San Francisco Bay Area, I wasn't able to watch yesterday's game doing it, due to it being blocked off, blocked out as it was on NFL Network. I have YouTube TV, and unfortunately there's no uh, Channel 4 on YouTube TV as it was shown locally here on Channel 4. I'm wondering how many other football fans it affected as I was heated due to this. Also, I couldn't hear it on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 on my tune-in uh, on my tune-in app. Luckily, it was a preseason game, and this doesn't happen come the regular season. Anyhow, great interview here with Ed. Loving today's show. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And the reason you couldn't get it on the radio station stream is because there's a, there's a geofencing. It's only a certain amount of uh, miles that you can go and still be able to pick it up. So you have to still be considered in the local market to be able to pick it up on the radio uh, as far as the the nfl network thing that was really strange because they had advertised it all week long that it was going to be aired live on tv and it literally wasn't during the game i saw nothing but tweets about nfl network are you really showing us a old a old chicago bears game a game that's already been played or maybe it was it maybe yeah, i think it was the bears in kansas city i don't know it was an older game and instead of watching the, the Raider and Viking game, I was really surprised by that as well. So I don't really know what happened with that. So uh, I apologize for that. But, yeah, that was that was something that I think affected a lot of people. So thank you so much for the text. And uh, glad you enjoyed the interview with Grainy. Hopefully you enjoyed Amber Theo Harris as well. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? It was happening, y'all. I just want to say I think, um, I think the most um, – Battle. I mean, position that's going to be the hardest to um, cut is the wide receiver wide receiver position because of all the good wide receivers we got. I think the running back room will thin itself out because I think Drake is the one we really trying to trade, not Jacobs. I think Drake is the one they're trying to showcase in order to be traded. I think Drake will be traded before the season start and the um, running back room will pan itself out. But I think the um, wide receiver room is going to be the one to be the hardest to cut. 
And also, back to your question about what you were saying, what you what we wanted to see before the game, I wanted to see us looking like a team that was in his second preseason game while the other team was in their first game. And I didn't see that. To me, it seemed like Minnesota was in their second preseason game, and we were in our first preseason game, especially on the defense, the way they was gashing us um, with the running game or whatever. That's what I wanted to see. And also, remember my concern about special teams coaches yep. Yep. before the season? Yep. You see the effects coming now. You know what I'm saying? We're only strong as our weakest link. And right now, to me, our weakest links is special teams and um, defensive line, the interior of the defensive line. Those are our weakest links. I think the offensive line is a um, diamond in the rough. Once they polish their edges off and get going, I think they're going to be a, a very, very viable unit and one of the top-tier units in the NFL by the time the season ends. Mark my words. But I'm really concerned about the interior of the defense and special teams. Our special team coaches is not giving me anything to be um, – happy about or um, less concerned about because I told you when the, when I saw they hired the special team coaches, that raised a red flag with me, and what they showed on the field is not bringing me any comfort. You know what I mean? But otherwise, everything else is nothing really to panic about. Everything else I think can pan itself out, and we're on our way to a hell of a season if we can correct the things we need to correct now. You know what I'm saying? Get ready, y'all. Oh, the notorious, also glorious Raider Nation is back. You know what I'm saying? And this is the beginning of our glorious season. All right, y'all, I'm gone. There he goes. Gangster Raider, thanks so much for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And I didn't think that the team looked looked like they were in their first preseason game. I thought that there was some some things to take away from that. You're right about the defense, uh, the the interior of the defensive line. I mean, again, and we've said it many times, uh, giving up the way that the the run, the way that they gave it up, that was that's unacceptable. You just can't do that. I don't care who's in there. I don't care if Demond's in there. I don't care if I'm standing next to Demond. Like that, you've got to be able to stop the run better than that. And and they didn't. And so that was problematic. I'll give them credit though, where credits due. Once they got down to the red zone at least twice, the Raiders were able to hold them up to a, a to a field goal, and that's the difference in winning games and losing games is being able to do that. So I will give them credit for that. They bowed their neck up, and they stopped from allowing them in the end zone two out of the four times that they got down there. So that's there's that. That's a positive. But, uh, yeah, that, that run defense was not very good, uh, giving up, what was it, almost seven yards per carry. So uh, that's something to be concerned about. Got a text from the 408. I saw it live on NFL Network. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Plenty of people hit me up and said that they didn't see the game was blacked out. Plenty of people were tweeting at NFL Network. So apparently wherever you're at, um, if it's in the 408 or somewhere else, apparently the game was on. But uh, I know that it wasn't on for everybody. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have any answer. I mean, you know, uh, like I said, uh, I was just responding to what, what I was uh, getting hit up with. So I definitely appreciate that as well. Let's go ahead and uh, since he's a little bit shorter, let's hear from quarterback Jarrett Stidham. Uh, he had a large group of people, including myself, standing around his locker room talking to him last night, and he starts things off just talking about the game. Good to get a win, good to get back out there. Um, you know, that kind of thing. First time in this stadium to do it, too. Like, what, yeah. what kind of feel to just be out on the field? Oh, it was great. Um, you know, I had actually never been here, um, so today was my first time, you know, seeing everything, and uh, an amazing game day experience, amazing stadium, amazing fans, so it was it was fun. You got to run on the run a little bit, had, had some uh, maybe some protection issues up front. Like, what were you kind of seeing from them, and how much do you have to analyze film before you really know what's going on? Uh, like, like I said earlier, I mean, excited to look at the film and see, you know, areas we can improve. Uh, I know definitely that I can improve on, on some of those plays. So, um, you know, we're all working hard to, to improve every day. So we'll uh, we'll take a look and see, see how it is. Are you Michael Vick now? 
<laughs> Everybody was joking on the sideline about that. Uh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. How the change? You had so many different offensive line combinations in there. How the change for you as a quarterback when you guys are rotating, getting a bunch of different looks? No, it's it's really good. I, I have a confidence in all those guys, and um, you know, obviously in practice we're getting reps with all those guys as well. So um, you know, whoever's out there is out there, and we're, we're just trying to execute and move, and move the ball down the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the obviously that's the objective every time. Um, don't step on the logo. Oh, um, I mean, that's the objective, obviously, to, to put points on the board every time we go out there. So it was uh, it was good to put put up some, but I also think we you know probably left some uh, you know left some out there. So How do you feel the offense is coming along. Do you feel like everyone's picking it up pretty quickly? You know, I think yeah. I mean, I think guys are are working really hard to improve every day and. Um, Come on. <laughs> uh, guys are trying to, you know, improve every day, um, and we're all working really hard, like I said, to uh, continue to make jumps and make leaps. And I mean, that's all we can do right now during training camp is just try to improve every day. Is it really your first time in Allegiant Stadium? It was today. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was really excited about it. So today was the first time, and it was. It was great. What was great? What did you notice from last week to this week in terms of jumps with the offense? No, I think the biggest thing is, you know, whether it's practice or the game, you know, not trying to uh, repeat errors, you know, and not trying to make the same mistakes twice. And so I think the guys are working really hard, um, you know, myself included, to just learn from, you know, mistakes that we've made in the past and try and come out here and, and not make those things and, and, you know, try to move the ball down the field. There you go, Jarrett Stidham right there talking after the game right in front of his locker, and you heard him say, don't step on the logo. That's the rule in the locker room. That goes in any locker room, but you don't step on the logo. And it does look awesome, and I know that some people aren't used to being in the locker room because it is the first time, um, and multiple people walked across it. I know Vinny said that he was guilty of uh, walking across the logo as well, but that's not who Jarrett Stidham was talking to. He was talking to, and I, I hate that I don't remember the guy's name. I've, I've met him, but um, – He's, he works at a local TV station. He's got blonde hair. I think he's from the New England area or Boston area. I can't remember 100% what his name was. I forgot. But, um, yeah, he, he's the one who walked across the logo that Jarrett Stidham was talking about. And he kept it moving, too. He kept walking right across it. Like, didn't even realize that Jarrett was talking to him. But, uh, yeah, that's the rule in the locker room. You can't step on the logo. So, there you go. That was uh, quarterback Jarrett Stidham from last night uh, just talking about what he's seeing out there. And, you know, he's gotten the start in the first two preseason game so far for the silver and black not sure if we'll see Derek Carr this upcoming week in Miami or if he plays in the final game uh, against the Patriots uh, back at Allegiant Stadium but we'll have to wait and see three four thirty four excuse me is the time we'll take a quick break we'll come back close out the show this is Rare Nation Radio 920. Plenty of protection looking over the middle pocket collapses he takes off to the goal line touchdown Stidham six the hard way now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Adam Schefter is reporting that former Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib has signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, returning to the team that he was once a really good player for. Played really well with Tampa Bay under coach Todd Bowles, so uh, he returns to Tampa Bay. So shout-out to Carl Nassib for signing that one-year deal. And I'll tell you right now, man, don't look at Adam Schefter's Twitter because, man, the comment section is just a wreck. You could tell it's 2022 and people don't mind living in a cesspool. The comment section is a wreck when it comes to Carl Nassib. Probably anything Carl Nassib does, but especially under that post from uh, Adam Schefter, 
there on Twitter. Got a couple text messages I wanted to get to real quick. Uh, Vegas Pete said, if a person walks on the logo, they should have to drop and do 25 push-ups on the spot, right? And the funny thing is, I, that's what my understanding was, is 25 push-ups. But I heard Vinny explaining it earlier that Kenyon Drake told him he owes him 10, and he actually said he was going to do 10. So I was, I was told in the locker room it was 25. But either way, you know, you're not supposed to step on the logo. Hold on. So Vinny, on Kenyon Drake, he has to do 10 push-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kenyon Drake told him that he owes him 10 push-ups. And so Vinny said this morning on the morning tailgate that, yeah, I, I'm going to do them. He said he just couldn't do them right then and there. So I don't know I don't know what's the difference between doing it yesterday on spot. Maybe he didn't want everybody to see him and then, uh, or doing it later. But, um, yeah, they should have held him to it. They should have made him do it right then and there as far as I'm concerned. Maybe he does it at the next practice. You Ooh. know, he just gets out there right on the field with the players. Bust out <laughs> those 10. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be hilarious. Maybe we'll make that happen. We haven't even got our uh, practice schedule for the rest of the week yet, so I don't know uh, the next time we're going to be out there. But that would be funny if Vinny all of a sudden during their stretching period, you see Vinny roll out there and do uh, 10 push-ups real quick. That would be hilarious. Got to call him but, out, hey, Kenyon, I got you 10. Right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, Vinny owes him 10. Uh, homeboy that I was mentioning from the TV station, uh, he, owes, he owes 10. But there was a couple people, man. I saw a few people walk across the, uh, the logo, and I was thinking, man, they, they yelled that out probably about four or five times while we were in the locker room yesterday. Uh, don't step on the logo. So that's, uh, that's going to be fun to see if, if people pick up on it or, or how quickly someone picks up on it. And I want to see if someone actually has to do some push-ups like right then and there. That would have been great. That would have been great. That would have been great conversation if Vinny had just dropped down and gave, gave us 10 like immediately. Because you know while we're talking to the players, that would have been, hey, man, did you see, you see Vinny over there? He just did that. That would have been great. That would have been great conversation. That Every one of the players would have had something to say about that. So uh, I suggest that next time that happens, somebody has to do it immediately. Uh, one of the guys that we talked to in the locker room, one of the guys who gets a ton of attention, man, a lot of people are talking about him is Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy. Uh, he's a guy who you know has a lot of speed. Uh, he is looking for consistency, and he even says in this uh, interview that you're going to hear, he's looking for consistency. Adam Hill from the RJ and also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, he actually starts things off talking about the game and talking about that potential big play that he almost had in the end zone when he uh, almost came up with a touchdown. Looked like it could have been a potential P.I., but it wasn't called. But uh, here is Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy, in the Raiders locker room last night. Real close to a couple of real big plays the last couple of weeks, and I know in camp you've been making up like every day. Like, how, how close do you feel on a couple? And the one seemed like it was close to interference. Did you think you were going to hit the flag? I mean, I thought it should have been interference, but uh, I mean, uh, coach just said, you know, just keep working hard, you know, keep trying to perfect my craft every day, and, uh, you know, just made the play next time I come to me. There's a lot of people talking about you all the time, social media, every time you up on some of the plays. Like, are you feeling that? Or are you kind of getting that feedback a little bit? Uh, no, I, I really try not to pay attention to, like, the hikes. I really just try to, you know, just do my job every day. Uh, you know, to execute and to get better. One of the things Coach said is that everybody knows you're so fast, so talented, but, like, you've become so consistent now. Like, have you felt that? Is that, like, a progression in your career? Yeah, that's just, like, a big deal for me, just, like, uh, staying consistent. Like, everybody know I got speed, everybody know I got talent. But it's the uh, dependable part when it comes to a, a guy like Josh McDaniels that's been to the bowl multiple times, nine, nine times, and actually one game. So he wants you to be like more dependable than just talented. So every play, you got to be able to do, you know, this correct way, like consistency. You, uh, how was the field conditions? It looked kind of kind of rough, but it seems like you're playing okay. Maybe it wasn't that bad. We probably needed some better grass out there. But <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. Uh, it, it, like for me, we could play anywhere in the, kind of the parking lot. I was ready to go. <laughs> awesome. On the practice field, uh, especially, it seems like you're always talking, always a guy that's uh, kind of raising them around, talking to yourself. 
where did that come from? Has that always been your style? Or that has always been me, just like, you know, just hype. Like, my practice is like my game day. So I treat it the same. So I go out there with, like, the same intensity, you know, try to bring some other guys up and really bring myself up. Because when you're in camp, you're grinding every day. You need to have uh, the right mindset to go out there to have a good practice. How do you feel everything's coming along? The competition in the wide receiver room, the offense picking it up and everything like that? I mean, everything coming along pretty good. I mean, the competition is great. Uh, we got a lot of guys that can make plays. So uh, at the end of the day, we just try to push each other to be better and, uh, you know, just execute. The iron sharpens iron mentality is alive, right? We talk about wide receiver and how that's a competitive room. You're making an impression on me on special teams. I think that's what's going to separate you from the rest of the pack. Can you please explain to me how and what makes you such a special team's ace as a team's brother? I mean, when you're the, when you're the uh, third, fourth, fifth, sixth receiver, you have to play special team. There's, there's, there's no way you'll make the team if you don't. So uh, that's that's a big part of my game. And, you know, every receiver that's not a three, not a one, not a two, you have to uh, perfect your craft as special teams to make the team. saw you in warm-ups uh, playing catch with some of the fans. Is it important for you to keep things lighthearted as you're getting ready for... Oh, yeah. Play? At the end of the day, is we, we play football out there. I mean, we, we could be serious. It's a time to be serious, but it's family, you know, fans in the stands, you know, that pay their money to come see us. You know, I want them to enjoy this. So. What did you think about the environment today, especially it, for a preseason it was, game? It was, it was, it was, it was, it was energetic. I mean, the fans was crazy. It was packer than I thought it would be. Uh, it didn't feel like a preseason game. Um, kind of didn't want to come out, but it, it, it was very fun. And uh, fans gave us a lot of energy today. I know you've had success in the NFL before, but where do you feel like compared to back then, like a, a year or two ago? Where, where do you feel like you've made the biggest strides now? Where are you better? The biggest strides for me is just consistency and being dependable. See what I'm saying? I made a lot of big plays with the charge with her, but and everybody know about that, but I just want to be consistent. I just want to, you know, do it again, do it again. See what I'm saying? And that's when you solidify yourself as a top player in this league. Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy, he's a fan favorite already. Uh, he's a guy that, as you heard him say himself, uh, is striving to be consistent. That's the C word that you're looking for when it comes to T. Billy. You know he can make some big plays. You know he's got wheels. He's got to be consistent. It's something we've been talking about here on the show for a couple of weeks now, and I know some people are probably like, man, you guys are hammering that guy. No, not at all. I just know what this uh, regime is looking for. They're looking for consistent players. They know what they're going to get time in and time out when guys are out there. And so to his to even his point, that's another reason why I love the locker room. It's not me saying that he's looking to be consistent. It's him saying He's looking to be consistent. So uh, that's all the sound that we have from the locker room. Still had a Malcolm Kuntz, a uh, little about a minute and a half from him, but it wasn't uh, anything in great detail or anything. So uh, we'll go ahead and uh, save that for another day if we get around to that or not. But uh, we want to start ending the show this way every single day, and at some point we're going to get a little sounder and sound effect to make it official. But uh, we're going to do this, what we call real or fake. And what we're going to do is DeMond's going to hit me with a few questions, uh, about three, probably a handful, two or three questions each and every day, and I'm going to decide if it's real or fake. It could be Raiders-related. It could be sports-related. It could be pop culture-related. It could be anything-related. It's whatever comes out of the mind of one DeMond Cotton. So, uh, DeMond, let's go ahead and take it away. Let's close things out with real or fake. All right, Q, and it's a doozy. I'm coming with something. It wasn't when we started the show. This wasn't on my radar. But Adrian Rojanowski, he tweeted, you know, Roj has always got the scoops. ESPN sources. Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers have reached a settlement agreement on the grievance the All-Star guard filed to recoup a portion of the nearly $20 million withheld from him as a result of his failure to play in games in the 2021-2022 season. So, Q, real or fake? Does Ben Simmons deserve that $20 million? No, I don't think so. I don't think – I mean, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's really that's, – that's real that he's getting it. 
or not the whole thing that he's getting that that uh you know that settlement because Woj says that he's getting the settlement and obviously he's not gonna tweet out something that's false. But I don't think he deserves it. I don't think he's done anything for it. And I know uh you know that there's a lot of issues that go in behind Ben Simmons. But man, that dude, uh, you want to talk about the ultimate disappointment. If I'm a Philadelphia 76er fan or if I'm one of those players in the locker room, I was disappointed by him. If I'm a New Jersey or a Brooklyn, excuse me, Brooklyn Net fan or Brooklyn Net player, I'm disappointed by what he brings to the table as well because he's done a whole lot of nothing now for two organizations. Biggest question for me. Will he actually end up in the court on the court uh, in 2022 for the Nets, or is he going to have some other reason why he can't make the court? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's real. He's going to get the settlement, but it's fake that he deserves it. <laughs> oh, man, not a Ben Simmons fan. No. I, hey, man, I, it's confidentiality agreement on both sides. Right. So we're not going to get to know, like, how much he got. But even if he got $10 million, that's still a win for him. I mean, look, this dude sits courtside. This guy has all his fancy outfits, the loudest outfits on. He's got all the jewelry on. He's, I mean, the one thing is he ain't trying to roll incognito, right? He ain't trying to roll under the radar. He sits courtside, and he wants you to make sure that he know, you know that he's there. But I, as a fan of, of basketball and uh, as a guy that just obviously talks sports, I would love to know that he's there because I see him on the court actually doing something as opposed to sitting there in the loudest outfit. But that's me, so there's that. All right, Q, moving on. This past weekend, MLB, Major League Baseball, had the Field of Dreams game again. Yes. And on the ratings, it had it drew in $3.6 million, But last year's game drew in 6.1. But Whoa. even that 3.6 was still the most watched baseball game of the season to this point. Wow. Real or fake, will the Field of Dreams game be back next year? Uh, yes, real. It'll be back next year. At least I hope it is. Uh, I look forward to that game. I didn't realize how many people watched it, though. I look forward to that game, and I'm not even a movie guy, as you as you know. I just think that the setting looks cool, so that's why I like it. But, man, that's a lot of people that watched it, but that's a lot more people that watched it a year before. Uh, that's amazing. I do think it'll be back, though, no doubt, just because it's a cool little feature that the that major league baseball does and i think major league baseball has been trying to find other features like they have players mic'd up and stuff like that i think that that's kind of cool uh you know there's some cool storylines going on aaron judge is always a fun storyline see if he could break uh, roger maris's record so he can be a yankee all-time home run uh, leader or even if he really gets a little freaky and goes out there and beats uh, the 73 by one barry bonds and it becomes the major league baseball all-time home run leader i don't think that that's going to happen but uh, it's something fun to watch. I think he's sitting at 46 home runs right now. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But, yeah, uh, that's real that, that that'll be back next year. And real quick, that last year's game with the White Sox and the Yankees, mm-hmm. that 6.1 million, that was the most watched MLB game on TV since 1998. So that just shows that the gimmick is working. People love the Field of Dreams thing. I think that it's like it's going to be – the return on the investment is just – I feel like the people are going to care less and less. So maybe, like, just take it off one year. You know, so give people, uh, like they, – they wanted to see it because if you just know and then it just becomes, like, you know, the, the value of the team. Well, It's bad teams playing. Maybe, yeah, you know, see, like that's the, the thing. is going to wane. You've got to put some really good teams. I mean, last year the White Sox under Tony La Russa were a really good team. And, of course, the Yankees are the Yankees. They're always going to draw viewers. So if you put some really good teams there, I can see – like, don't put the A's. Please don't. As an A's fan, please don't. It would just pain me to, you know. <laughs> Put the Aviators out there. Hell, I'd be okay with that. I, I'd rather watch the Aviators uh, as the AAA affiliate of the A's because at least I know who they are than currently watch the A's. But, no, if you go and put, you know, like tonight, I know the Mets are playing. Who are they playing? Oh, they're playing the Braves. The Mets and the Braves. That's a fantastic NL East battle right there. I would love to see that in the Field of Dreams game. That would be great. You put a couple teams out there that are really good. Like, you should – what you should do is leave that open – 
so you have the opportunity to pencil in some teams that are really good as opposed to just putting it out there on the schedule hoping that the teams are going to be good. Like, don't put the Rangers. They stink. They just fired their manager again. I mean, they just – you know what I mean? Like, don't put them out there. They suck. So, yeah, that's – yeah, that's that's what it should be. It should be teams that are really good. There you go. All right, and last one. Or oh, I can't keep going. I've got so many left in the chamber, <laughs> but we are running out of show. Okay. Q, we, we always got to get to know each other. You know, there's still some things that I don't know about you, you don't know about me. My friend Calvin, he came back from Syria this weekend, you know, from the Army. And oh, we're, okay. we're sitting around having salute to, salute to Calvin. Yeah, so we're sitting around having a few alcoholic beverages, and he listens to the show. He's like, yeah, I got to disagree with you. And I love it when people just want to disagree when we were hanging out. I was listening to the show, so that means you're listening. Right. He's like, yeah, I don't think he's a – first off, he's a Broncos fan, so I think he was just trying to troll me. Okay. He's like, I don't think that the Vikings are going to lose. The Vikings are going to beat the Raiders in this preseason game. And I gave him all my facts that I gave on the yeah. show, and he's just like – oh, no, you're still wrong, you're still wrong. I say, hey, man, this is their second preseason game. They're going to be fresher, like the Vikings' new head coach. They're going to be just like a tad bit behind. Raiders get the win. But, you know, you get a little – you're not, like, heated. But I said, bet $10 right now, real or fake, am I going to press Calvin for that $10? Uh, Real, you should. (laughs) Real, you should. I don't think that you will, but real that you should because Calvin's your homeboy. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll spot him the $10 if he didn't pay you because he did, uh, you know, come back from the Army. He was doing uh, yeoman's work serving our country. So uh, I always appreciate anyone that uh, sacrifices the ultimate sacrifice uh, in the armed forces to do what they do for the country. But uh, he is a Bronco fan, and he don't know no better, so there's that. Um, so, I mean, I guess he can't be perfect. So. <laughs> <laughs> But Would no. you also press the homie, like, because we shook on it. For me, it's like I need to, right? We oh shook. yeah, we you shook, shook on it. That's yeah, that's that's another ball game, man. Yeah, I think really you should, uh, yeah, kind of press him for that. Be like, hey man, not only am I gonna need that ten dollars, I'm gonna need some interest now because you're taking a little <laughs> bit too long. So there you go. Yeah, get hit him, hit him with a couple more, a uh, couple more. Tell him that you owe him by the end of the week. Tell him he owes you twelve fifty. So there you go, real or fake, right there. We'll try to close out the show each and every day. Demond hits us with some topics and uh, we discuss them. Uh, got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray Q and D. I think you should play our music towards the end of the show. We are like Jedi's. Where we go, we'll always be in their spirit. Sincerely, Shock G and Digital Underground. Also got a text from uh, JT from Santa Cruz. For media members, if you get two offenses for stepping on the logo, it should be a one-game suspension where you can't step foot in the locker room after the game. There you go. I heard that. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I really wouldn't. Especially, I mean, look, I try to uh, promote everyone to be able to do their job, but there's a couple guys, and I, I don't know their names, but there's a couple guys that really try to make it difficult for me to do my job at times. It's almost like they don't see me, and I don't know how you can't see me, but some of the there's a couple guys in particular that walk around like they don't see certain people, and um, so I wouldn't mind if they got a, a one-game ban from the locker room. So there you go. JT, I think you're on to something. That's going to do it for us. Wake up with the morning tailgate at 7 a.m. on Rare Nation Radio 920.